Welcome to the Made to Parade podcast, sponsored by the British Drum Company, manufacturers of the Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade drums that look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. Alrighty folks, welcome along to another episode of the Made to Parade podcast. Um, we bit different here in terms of our surroundings. Um, you're used to seeing me in uh, the office of the studio um, with a different background and everything going on, but I'm at home. And I'm back to uh, I'm pretty much back to basics kind of setup here. So absolutely delighted to be back with you for another episode in the in the season. I'm delighted today to be joined by Mark McPhee. And if that name sounds familiar to you, then you'll remember um uh, we had you and McPhee on um a couple of seasons back, and also he was co-hosting on the the episode with Stevie McPherson from Drum Chapel. So we're gonna be talking about another bond based in England. So I'll bring Mark in now and we'll get the conversation going and uh, sit back, relax and enjoy the conversation here on the Made the Parade podcast. Mark, welcome along. Good to have you. Hi, Glenn. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I'm doing all right. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. All good. All good. Good, good. <laughs> Happy days. Listen, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time out to be on the Made the Parade podcast. You answered um, a distress call whenever we were um, left hanging in terms of uh, not having the last guest come on. So I really appreciate you doing this at, at short notice. That's fine. That's fine. Like no worries. Well, well, listen, Mark, why don't we just get started in terms of the way we normally do on the podcast. Talk to us a wee bit about how you first got involved in a bond. Where did that all come from? What sparked your interest? Well, my interest was um, sparked off by family. Uh, being in a being in a band is a, is a family tradition, um, dating back to my granddad, who who came from Anderson in Glasgow, and he was a part of the Anderson Flip Band in Glasgow. In the, would have been the fifties before he came down to Corby in the sixties, with uh, obviously being in the Anderson. He, he, he also taught in the taught some of the Sari Sari boys in bygone days, and then right, yeah. the interest from there would have come then between obviously with my granddad and then my dad, and then when my granddad moved to Corby for from Glasgow with the Steelworks all mm. those years ago. He then started the Purple Star Flip Band. That would have been in the early early 60s, I would have thought that would have been in. Mm. And that's still going to the state of Purple Star are now. Mm. Um, yeah, so it started off in the Purple Star. I can't remember what age it was because <laughs> it started that young. Um, yeah, started in the Purple Star all them many years ago. When I was right. a kid, I can't even remember my first band practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that takes a couple of my questions out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no worries. So you started at an early age then, yeah? And what particular, were you drawn to a particular instrument? Um... Yeah, well, I think it's similar to what a lot of people on the post- podcast say. If you've been in a band for a long time, you would generally start from... The triangle, then mm. up to the cymbals, then up to the drum, and that's basically where I stayed. The bass drum as well. I played the bass drum as well, 
But okay. yeah, virtually from a triangle. And then I, I was attracted to the drum. I don't know why. Like I say, I can't even remember sort of learning how to play a drum. I think it just come naturally to me. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, I started off in the Purple Star all them many moons ago. <laughs> Brilliant. And then what do you remember then about those early days? Then? You know, I know you were saying you're not too sure about age and first period and all that. But what do you remember about those early days then, you know, in terms of being out with the bond and any particular memories that kind of stand out for you? Yeah, there is there is a lot a lot of a lot of memories would be like being in the old Orange Hall in Corby, um, because band practice would always be on a Friday night, always be. So me, my mum, my dad, my brother, my sisters would all go to the Orange Hall on a Friday night for band practice. So it was like a family, just a family out and any anyway every Friday night to go to band practice and then. Um, uh-huh. And then obviously my granddad would be there, my aunties and uncles, and the whole family would be there really. And and then extended members of family as well, because they were all in at that time, they were all in the Purple Star. Um yeah, that was basically it. And you always played a triangle and then, like I say, get onto the symbols in the side drum. Brilliant. And so how important was it for you to have the family there? Did that kind of help you? keep stay interested or was the, just the interest there from just the family being involved in that type of thing it was it was just a way of life it was just right. what happened on a friday night you would go to band practice because my mum played the flute my dad played the flute my granddad was there conducting the band because it was very back back in those days the purple star were a very uh a bit like the anderson flip band they right. they were they would play silver flutes. They would mm-hmm. play pop music on the silver flutes. At that at the at a very early stage, they would mm-hmm. do that anyway because it was my granddad's sort of ways. Do you know what I mean? There was a kind of band that they were. They were literally a carbon copy at that time of the Anderson Foot Band. Right. Um, yeah, it was. Everyone would be there. <laughs> Cool. And how did you find out there then as a young boy then being around that type of hard music thing? It put me in a good stead to what I would go on to after mm-hmm. after that because, yeah, because you were learning. Although I was, although, although I was young, it sort of, it sort of goes into your head, do you know what I mean? Because other than the Friday night band practice, we would also have a Sunday afternoon where the drummers would go to the Orange Hall, and we were all taught by a man called uh, Bob McDonald, who right. wasn't who wasn't actually in a drummer in the band. He would just teach the drummers, okay. and he 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 would actually try and teach us how to read drum music at that point as well. Right. Which, which when I got a bit older, I sort of got to read a bit of music. But not that I can remember it now, like. But. <laughs> and so, what was his connection? Was he obviously a friend of your your grandfather's then? A friend of my grandfather's, and he was also in uh, one of the uh, Orange lodges in Corby at the time as well. So he wasn't in our lodge, but he was in one of the other lodges in okay. Corby as well. So. All right, and was he like a member of another bond? That was he connected to the military or something like that? There, no, where not, he... not not that I know of. I, I can't really remember if he was in a band or whether he was in the military or not, but he knew how to read drum music and he would he would try and teach us 
well, try every Sunday to teach us. How <laughs> <we do. laughs> Brilliant. All right. And what was that learning process like? What was he like as a, as a teacher? Did you find that you obviously had a natural affinity for, for percussion and stuff, but did yeah. you find the odd of your techniques? Yeah, he was pretty strict because he, he was quite a tall man. You know, he was about six foot seven or something. So he was Ooh. quite a tall, a cool, tall man, softly spoken, but he would he would be strict a bit because my granddad, it sort of rubbed off my granddad because my granddad was very, very strict. Right. Very, very strict in the playing. And he, if you'd done a wrong beat in that Purple Star M days, you, you, you didn't even have to say anything. you just look at you. <laughs> you just get a certain look and you know, well, oops, I made a mistake there. Uh, <laughs> but Bob, oh, Bob McDonald was, yeah, he was pretty strict to be fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many of these were there on a Sunday night then? Was, there, was it all the drummers or just a few? It, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say it was all the drummers because most of the drummers in the band, they were all adults, so they all liked to, they all liked to drink on a Sunday, didn't they? So <laughs> <laughs> There'd only be a few of us there, which was better because... It'd mainly be all the younger ones, to be fair, and learners. Sure. But, good, good stuff. And then Friday night seems to be a weird night for a bomb practice. Yeah, and do you know what? It's stuck. It's even stuck to this day. Right. Um, the Purple Star still practice on a Friday night to this day. Wow. They've never changed that in all them years. That their, their Friday nights is always still the same. But. The band where band I'm in the now we've we've changed. We used to be Friday nights, then we've been a Sunday. Now we're back to Fridays. It's, right. it's, it can be quite a horrible night. <laughs> yeah, especially if people are looking to go out and stuff, you know. And uh, it's generally the start of the weekend. You can't go on bomb practice. Uh, although at the minute going out is not really a big option, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're back to Fridays, and it seems to be the best night to right, be okay. to get anyone to remember a Sunday's pretty difficult to get anyone there in a minute now but friday right. night just seems to be the night where people are going to band practice here <laughs> yeah well no and that, that's 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 cool but obviously you've alluded to the fact that at some point along the lane you moved on from the purple star so yeah. how long were you in the purple star before you moved into the bond that you're with now well i have quite a bit of a backstory here because it goes right. Obviously, the family connection kept me in the Purple Star for until I was about 17, nearly 18. Right, okay. But, but during during that time, I would join the Army Cadets when I was, when I was, actually, I was, because my dad was, um, my dad used to teach the Army Cadet Band as well as do the Purple Star. Mm-hmm. And he also played in the Five Royal Anglian uh, core of drums as well. My dad did. My dad was pretty. My dad would be out all, all like all week doing band stuff, whether it be the Purple Star, the TA, or the Army Cadets. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, around the age of twelve, I was allowed to join the Army Cadets early because they needed drummers, and I was good on the drums. So <laughs> I, I kind of got pushed in by my dad and his friend George. Uh-huh. They, they they kind of pushed me into the Army Cadets. Where, where my where my skill set from the Purple Star would would hold me like higher than the other cadets because they weren't as good because I could read a little bit of music which mm-hmm. was the same kind of music that the Army cadets were playing. They were going along the same line as like military bands, yeah, more marches and 
stuff like that. It was really, okay. I was in the army cadets then for from when I was twelve right up to the age of eighteen. Okay. Which then, what happened after that? Yeah, Look, the army cadet band were a very, very good core of drums. Very, very good. We actually we come up against a few regular army bands. And we were actually the first army cadet band ever to do a regular army pass and out parade. Right, okay, wow. The, I think we'd done it for the Royal Artillery. And we were, we'd hold our own against any army corps drums. We were that good. And it was really, it was, it was a good time in the army cadets, to be fair, because yeah. you meet people from different towns and villages around Northamptonshire. And it was, we, we were pretty well known to be quite, we were a good, good uh -huh. band at the time. And then, obviously, after the Army Cadets, because you get too old for that, I think in 1997, that's when the Corby Loyalist Flip Band started. Okay. Yeah, in 1997. And that's, and I've been a member of, found a member of that band still in it today, the Corby Loyalist. Okay. And what prompted that move then, if you don't mind talking about that? What prompted you to move away from that? What would have been? I have a bit of a story about this one as well because my granddad, my granddad was still alive at the time. And what was happening is in, in Corby that there's actually been there's been the, the Purple Star which had been going since my granddad left Glasgow. And then there was another flip band called uh, the Corby Rangers flip band. Right. Which they were going around the time like between the Purple Star, the people would leave the Purple Star, go to the Rangers band because the Rangers band were a kick band and they were they were more fashionable and they were they were going out on the streets. It was all the younger ones, do you know what I mean? Where the Purple Star would be more reserved, playing the melody flutes and things like that. And then there would be another band come along after that. There would be the Pride of Corby flute band. Right. Which they were they were more or less the same as a Rangers band, a kick band and They'd be all into the kick music. I think some of the Rangers band actually went to the Pride of Corby. And then I think after the Pride of Corby, there, there another band started called the Corby YCV. Right. And they, they were a kick band. They were a good band at a, a good band at a time. I mean, so were the Pride of Corby and the Rangers band. But yeah, and but it seems to be we got a mixture of them bands sort of folded away. Mm -hmm. Purple Star still kept going. And then a lot of the people that were in the, all these other bands and the Purple Star come along and they just wanted a, a different band in Corby. So that's why in 97, a few friends that I'd made through them other bands and through being in the Purple Star said, right, you want to start another band? And that's when the Corby Loyalists uh, started. But my granddad, uh, he wasn't best pleased when I had to tell him that I was leaving the Purple Star. <laughs> He actually, he actually fell out of me. He fell at me for about, I think it was about three or four years. He, fell, he didn't speak to me or nothing because okay. I was, I'd, I'd crossed that dreaded line and the shame, the McPhee name sort of thing. <laughs> but every, I made a point every, this is when my granddad, because I said to my dad, he ain't going to talk to me. He says, oh, he probably won't talk to you. So you've just got to keep, just don't you fall out with him and he'll come round eventually. So, mm. Every every Sunday night, my granddad religiously used to go at the Rangers Club every Sunday night. Right. And I used to go in every Sunday night and place him down a half and a half every Sunday night, even though he wasn't talking to me. And they used to uh, 
He used to like take the drink, like, but still wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> talk to <everybody laughs> he actually, he was actually good friends. We had quite a good relationship with a purple star. So yeah. after about three or four years, he eventually come round and start talking to me again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a hard one, that one. <laughs> no, I know it can't be. And it's, I suppose whenever, you know, um, he's obviously very much, he'd have been very much set in his ways and expecting the family just to kind of stick with it. I'm sure that was a hard one for him to take, but I'm, I'm sure, did you ever, did you talk to him about it at any point or was it never, was it never brought up? It was, he just started talking to me again. It was, do you know, it was never, ever brought up until right. the day he died. Right. <laughs> really? Okay. I'm not joking you. He, he sat up the day he died. He was lying in the hospital. He sat up to me and he pointed at me because I used to go around this house and look after him while he was ill. Uh-huh. And, and he sat up and, and he pointed at me and he said, loyalist. And he sat down. That was the last words he ever said to me. Right. Wow. <laughs> he still okay. remembered it till that day. Like. <laughs> 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 oh well well at the end i suppose at the end of the day you know you, you gotta follow your heart haven't you i mean at the end if you know if if your heart's not there and you're looking to do something else you know there's no point potentially putting up with something that you don't really feel like you can get into anymore yeah see when when the loyalist band when we spoke because i was drinking with the likes of uh my friends like cookie charlie Koki, guy called ian moyer we, we we were in we were drinking buddies we all drank together at the same time and it, and it just we just sort of let's start a band let's start a band so the excitement kicks in you think oh mm. i've been in that i've been in that purple star since the day i was walking and yeah. you're playing the same tunes you, you do you know what i mean you just think oh fed up with this especially when i seen another side when i was in the army cadets mm-hmm. you know so you kind of fall away and i was like i was with the thought of starting up our own band really, really excited me. Do you know what I mean? I was really I was up for it at the time. So I thought, well, I mean, I never left the Purple Star in a bad way. I obviously spoke to my granddad and my dad about it. Like, but uh-huh. uh, they, they weren't best pleased. And <laughs> 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 um, what was it like then? What was it like with the, the, the start of the, the Corby Loyalist then? What was, and obviously you were talking to me a bit there about having a lot of excitement about forming your own bond, being able to do your own thing. What were those early days of the first days of that bond like? Do you know what? We took off really big. We took off. We were big right at the very start. But I think it was a you get hype when a new band starts, don't you? Mm-hmm. And we were, we were really big. We even had kids in the band. And there was other people who you wouldn't even expect to come, still come to the band. And we, start, we started off really well, to be honest. Cool. We started off really, really well. We were a big band at the time. And people took to us as well. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. Especially in a small town like Corby, getting support is hard, really hard to, to drum mm. up any support in the middle of England where we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what, what about, obviously, I know I've, I've spoken to you in a wee bit about this here, but obviously, the scene in regards, you're talking about Corby being small town, getting support and whatever else. Then, where were you parading then? Where, where was your bread and butter in terms of being out on the street? A bread and but I had to be Corby. Right. I had to be Corby because you need you need to be out and about in Corby to be seen. At the time we started, we had at the time we started, there was two strong adult male lodges in Corby. There was the Blacks, and there was two two women's lodges and a juvenile lodge. Okay. So it was pretty. It was a pretty active. 
seen in Kobe, but everybody knew everybody. It was all families and mm-hmm. different families. Do you know, just a small yeah. community. Like, it was really, at that time, back then, it was a really strong community. It sort yeah. of died away a little bit now. Like, but. Yeah, and what was, that, what was that down to? Was that down to a lot of people coming from Scotland and Satlin and Corby that that, that this kind of grew up? Or was was there something there prior to you guys arriving? Yeah, yeah. See, Corby's, Corby's attachment with Scotland is very strong, even to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of like people like my granddad and my dad moved from Glasgow and my mum from Lanarkshire to follow the work, basically, the steelworks shut mm-hmm. up in Glasgow and then they all come to Corby for work in in the early 60s and that. So that's what sort of, that's what made, made the Orange Lodge and the bands start up in Corby, really. Okay. Yeah. We still have a, a connection to Glasgow to this day. Quite strange. Good, good stuff. So it's just kind of, I've just been part and part of the culture that the, the, the Scottish family brought with them then. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Good, good stuff. And then, and how has things progressed then with, with, with the, the Corby Loyalists? What's what's things like for you today? What, how's the bond doing? At the, at the minute, we're, we are reasonable. I would say we're, we're healthy. We are healthy mm-hmm. at the minute. We struggle, don't don't get me wrong, we struggle. Getting people to band practice and getting people to mm-hmm. go away with a band is a struggle because we're, we're small. I mean, we only have four side drummers and about nine or ten fluters. We have a few kids in the band as well, which is good. Yeah, you know, We have sure. a couple of learner drummers. And, yeah, we, we, are, we struggle, but we get there because – and a lot of things at the minute is we struggle with – with the rules with the Orange Lodge in England as well, because they're quite, they don't really suit suit bands. Mm. Yeah, because that, that that's a whole issue in itself. We could sit here and talk for weeks about the issues we have with the because we lose quite a lot. I mean, straight away, if we if we were to go out on the road tomorrow, we lose three members straight away. Right. And with a small band, you can't really afford that. Can't, can't put up with that, you know what I mean? Because the rules are in England that if you're if your debt suspended, if you've left the lodge in good faith, if you're not in the lodge, then you can't walk with a band. Whoa, right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's an intrinsic link between the orange and the bonds. Basically, that if you're not in a bond or you've got some or not in a lodge, then you really can't be in a bond. Is that the long and the short of it? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. It is. It does get quite complicated, but yeah, it is. I mean, we've had a good relationship with the Orange mm-hmm. all the time the band's been going. A good, really good relationship with the Orange. We always will have because a lot of the band members are actually in the Orange. So yeah, I think in, in, my, in my band alone, there's five members of my lodge that are in the band. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, although, although we put up with the rules... You know what I mean? We don't always have to agree with them. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, part of me, under, I understand it. I can see it from both angles. You know, obviously, maybe wanting to keep the institution strong, especially if it's small in a particular area, you know, yeah. and keeping the bonds linked to that. I think that that's great. But I think that that's, for my two cents, it should be more of a voluntary thing rather than a mandatory thing. You know, yeah. because you can tell just from talking that it kind of, that would cheese you off a bit. It's like kind of going automatically. There's three guys in our bond aren't on the lodge, 
they're not going to be able to walk for one reason or another. Surely, goodness, that can't be right. Like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be quite hard at times. Like, but I, I think it all stems from I think it all stems from Liverpool because they have their own. Mm. They have quite a strong orange connection up there. Where in Liverpool, you have like their bands and that they have their own politics up there. So, yeah. which pretty much because we're so small down here, we can't really. Can't really fight them at it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know. It's got to be difficult, then. and I, and and I take it you've you've talked about this or at some at some point, you know, in terms of seeing if there's anything can be done. Yeah, we all we always talk about it. It's always an issue, do you know what I mean? Because it does annoy you. Like we lose probably one of our best flutters. One of our best flutters is lost straight away. And he's right. been in the band since day one as well. But okay. it's just one of the things you have to you have to cope with it now. Do you know what I mean? Because if you turn around and say you're not doing orange praise, you'd never be up. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think you know the life and soul of a band is walking on the road. You know, and if the the parades that are available to you are pretty much orange parades, then you've you've got to take them, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, like I say, we're doing. I mean, we do do other parades. We do apprentice boys parades. Mm-hmm. Not so much in Corby, but we do help um, the the London Apprentice Boys Parade out. Every, we try and do that every September. That's a good parade, walking through the yeah. centre of London. Brilliant. You were just there recently as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Couple, just September, just gone there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I that. It was, it was a good parade, but they took a different route and it ended up being quite a long. We had to be <laughs> out on the road for nearly two years and we had to walk about two and a half hours or something. It was quite, it took right. us quite a lot out of the band, but. We got there. <laughs> yeah, two and a half hour walk. If you haven't been on the the road for quite a while, it, it, it would take it out of you rightly, wouldn't it? Yeah. See, see, see for the likes of me and you, and I mean, uh, you know already. We're we're obviously part of the Drum Chapel Protestant Boys as well, so we're, mm-hmm. we're quite used to going out on parades all the time. But a lot of the people in our band, they're not they're not quite used to it. So the you get sort of a a road fitness, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You get used to like a road a road fitness and um they sort of half our band don't have that and they, they lagged a bit on that parade to tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, well even at that there, I mean two and a half hours walking out like, we're playing an instrument, carrying a flute, playing a drum. Uh, it'll, it'll tax you a wee bit, like you know what I mean? Yeah, so <laughs> good stuff. As long as it doesn't dig the heart out of them, you know, and they enjoyed it, you know. Nah. A lot of them said, right, we're going to have to start getting fit after this parade. I was like, you should, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully to hear it on this yeah. anyway. <laughs> you should take a leaf out of the. I know some of the bands over here have got um, programs that they do. They're called Fit the March. And what they do is that in, in the close season is that they do either, you know, like exercise challenges and stuff in terms of like step counts and stuff, you know, in terms of, you know, the lead up to... The, the season starting again and they kind of challenge each other to see who can get the most combined steps in over a period of time and all that kind of stuff. And the idea is just to get the bonds members out and walking, you know, around the area and better bit of socialization, bit of crack outside and that one. Maybe you have practices and on for a bit of river and then they do this, you know, to try and build up that stamina. It might be worthwhile looking into something like that. <laughs> yeah, imagine we go to band practice and tell the women of our band, I think you should go out and do this. <laughs> I get it. That's it. The Corby Loyalist branch of Weight Watchers and all that, yeah. So. 
Yeah, I could, I, oh, I could just see them trying to lynch me after telling them that, but <laughs> brilliant and and how has the bond developed over the years and obviously you just started in a probably in a blood and thunder style but a couple of the videos that i've seen off you recently you seem to have um introduced some parts and stuff you have moved away i think from using you should, i remember seeing videos of you i think you did did you see the brand robinson one year and you said high tension drums and stuff like that so you've moved away i'm suspecting that you and is having a bit of an influence here, am I right? Yes, definitely. Um, that was, I mean, Ewan, Ewan was very much, the same as myself, he's very much Purple Star family ingrained mm. into the Purple Star. Was, he was there since he, you know, a little tiny boy playing a flute, playing a drum. And the thing was, Ewan, he has to be challenged. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. he's, he's good at what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, He's naturally been given this talent from my granddad to my dad has been passed on. He's just literally got it. A lot of people say to me, how oh, do you know he's your son, Mark? I says, he can play a flute. <laughs> so he plays a flute exactly like my granddad and my dad. And he got to a stage in the Purple Star where he was going there with my mum and it was all older women and he just couldn't take them any further. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I said, well, you and I says, so the only band that you can take forward is going to be the Loyalist band. Mm-hmm. It was already, it was a bit of a strange situation because he was in the Purple Star, but always come to my band practice. It was right. always, the band always said that you and, as long as the Purple Star are fine with it, you could always play with our band. As long as the Purple Star ain't playing, he could come with our band. Yeah. So he was sort of an honorary member of the band anyway. Right, okay. But I think it was last year or the, the year before last. He he took the he took the dive and he says, "Right, I'm leaving the Purple Star because I can't take him any any anywhere now." He says, "Well, I want to take the Loyalist band forward." So he literally came out of the Purple Star, walked straight into the band sergeant role in our band and <laughs> he's been trying to it's been I think cuz COVID, it would have been more rapid. But, mm. but COVID has sort of put a, a stop to what he had in plan, what he has planned for the band, which in another sense isn't an easy change either because we, we've always been a kick band. We've always been uh-huh. a blood and thunder band. Now, you and coming in saying, right, I want to play this march and that march, so the lads in our band are like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> we're not used to this do you know what I mean and, uh-huh. but he's slowly he's slowly beginning to bring things in he's getting our flutters together mm-hmm. which was the massive change we could see at first he's he's obviously got rid well we haven't got rid of the high tensions we still have them but mm-hmm. even I thought that the low tension drums sound better to some of the tunes that we're playing yeah but yeah he, Ewan's definitely starting to have an effect. Oh, that's good. No, because I, I, I think I seen a video of you at the, the parade in London, and you were walking past and you were playing parts, and I was like, "Nick, what? That sounds that sounds sounds really well." And it sent me a few videos and stuff of you practicing, you know, and saying, "What do you hear this?" You know, I'm trying to get them to play this. I think you'd you'd, you'd put parts in the national anthem and a, and a couple of other things as well, you know, yeah. and like you know, and it's like. 
It's slow, it's slowly, slowly. Obviously, you can't just do a massive change straight away. You just kind of bring it in bit by bit because people are so used to doing their other stuff that if you change it completely, you can lose it. The massive change you brought in was one note that all the flutters were playing. I think it was an E, and they were playing it one way. And he says, that's not the way you play that. Right. And they, all the flutters were like, well, we've played that way since we were we were young. He uh-huh. said, well, that's, that's not actually the way you play that. And he... And he got them round, he got them playing a tune, and it had that note in it. Uh-huh. And he kept playing it and playing it and playing it over and over again with them. And it was, it was quite <laughs> funny to watch, really, because you can see them all getting annoyed at it. But yeah, yeah. they, uh, yeah, they, it's been hard. It's still hard for them because they've got that many so bad habits. Mm. Like it's hard to change. To change them, but they're slowly, slowly getting there. Yeah, no, it is difficult. That is difficult to do that because you'll have things like you know where you're saying with the maybe fingering a particular note a different way. Muscle memory kind of kicks in because you've been yeah. doing it for years and years. And you kind of it, it is it can't be hard to unlearn and so on. You know, but it's good to hear that you guys are are, are progressing. And I have to say, and this is just me personally, I love it when bands move away from those high tension drums. <laughs> the, the, the lower tension drums purely from a musical perspective I'm sure that's probably something you and all of the cities as well but getting a balance you know yeah. between you know everything being on a higher register rather and then really antennae sound on the drums to get yeah. a really full sound so you can have a small band and still sound really really full yeah, yeah. That, them drums that have actually got the now they've actually got a bit of a history to them as well they actually yeah. them drums I've been after them drums we've got now I've actually been I've been after them drums for about 10 years they used to belong to a band in Glasgow called the Sons of Ulster yes yes they're a good 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 band oh, and then they disbanded, and somehow the Purple Star ended up with them drums. Right, okay. And I was like, right, I want them drums. We could never, ever get them. And I think we ended up with some drums from Belfast right. after that, before that, from the, was it the Young Conway volunteers? Oh, yeah, yeah the, the YCV. After their little uh, walking around in a circle. Yeah. They got, they, got they got a bit of trouble for that, didn't they? And um, yeah, we yeah, ended yeah. up with them drums. Right. But they weren't in very good condition. So we had to put them aside and get the high tension ones back out again because that was all we had. You know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, do you know, we, them high tensions we've got at the minute were actually come from the Pride of the Rock. Well, all right, okay, okay, very yeah. good. So nice. We've got their drums and the Sons of Osa's drums. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be stuck in a museum and stuff, you know. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, the Sons of Ulster were some band, weren't they? Oh, yeah, I still listen to their, their CD now. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant band, absolutely fantastic. Well, it's amazing just how many bands have, you know, folded over the years, you know, that, that, were, that were real, real quality bonds and stuff, you know, and it, it's sad that they kind of didn't say it. But at least with the likes of CDs and tapes and stuff, they've, they've left some stuff behind for people, you know, as you yeah, say. Yeah, something that some of the Sons of Ulster CDs were, were absolutely fantastic. They had some great arrangements, some great guys who went on to other bonds and all that and uh, influenced other bonds as well. So, in terms of you, Mark, well, one of the things that we want to talk about in regards to me and Dupree is we talk about the positive aspect of being a member of a bond. What would you say are some of the positive things that you've got from being a member of a bond? 
from being positive things I've got from being a member of a band. The first thing is making lots of friends. Mm. Um, I've made some very very good friends, not out, out of being in a, out of being in this whole scene that we have, the band scene that we have. Not only in England but in Scotland, Glasgow especially, and also in Northern Ireland as well, in Belfast yeah. especially. I mean, through being in the Orange Order and the bands, one the best man at my wedding comes from Drum Chapel. Right. Through, through being in the lodge and the bands. Do you know what I mean? And I've made some amazing friends that are still friends to this day from Glasgow and Belfast. Right. I mean, there's... Yeah, I heard your podcast with Stevie. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he, he hasn't got rid of me since I was 17. <laughs> Brilliant. Stevie's some character, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's some guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> I actually met Stevie through the, it was actually the Orange Lodge. I met Stevie through. They, uh -huh. they came, and that was again the family connection from Glasgow, right. which, which come from like my, my dad's cousins in Drum Chapel. Mm -hmm. The same history from the Anderson Flip Band. And, sure. Um, they, they, they're still in Drum Chapel to this day. And then, um, like, that's how I'm, he, they actually come down, their lodge, LOL 179, come down to visit our lodge, 58, in Corby. Mm -hmm. They stayed at my, Stevie and Big Deco stayed at uh, my uncle's house. And Stevie said to me, if you're ever up in Glasgow, just come and give my door or not. Uh -huh. I bet he wish he never said that because I've been knocking his door <laughs> since I was 17. <laughs> Brilliant. Happy day. So friendship is one thing and you kind of get that camaraderie thing. You know, lots of people on the podcast talk about that. What other things would you say that you've got from outside of the friendship? Well, I think being in a band teaches you discipline as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it teaches you right and wrong really discipline that's what discipline in it isn't it yeah you, you gain a certain discipline through being in a band from listening to learning and it sort of teaches you like how how to go in life i think do you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's being in a band yeah discipline and learning listening because you've got to listen if you don't listen in a band you can't listen anywhere can you yeah, well, that's it no, I, I think it definitely does it and you know it gives you some life skills doesn't it i mean it, it for me one of the big things I always talk about was big communication skills, you know, be able to, to talk to a lot of different people, you know, a lot of different age ranges, you know, being able to bring them on board or, you know, or be able to, you know, get have your say. Because that's one of the things that I always remember, you know, even being a young person back in the, the Predator Raven. It was like, as soon as I became a full-blown member of the band, it was like, when it came to meetings, you have a say. You may be nine years old or ten years old, but... You have a say here, you know, if you have an opinion on what you think about this, you raise your hand, say what it is you want to say. You've got to vote like everybody else. And for me, that was, you know, I, you know, because you, you come from environments where maybe that's not, you know, the done thing, you know, because like in, at home with the parents, you don't get a vote on anything. You just, it was like, <laughs> you're doing this, you know, yeah. and, and, in, and in school, it was very much the same thing. You, were, you did what you were told, you know. And while there was that area of, you know, as a young person in a bond, there were certain things like, this, you can't be doing this. You need to be mindful of this. But when it came to things that actually mattered at the bond, like making decisions about parades, where you went, 
um, the uniforms, do you like this, you know, or, and being able to give an opinion. I thought that was amazing for me. I'd never really experienced that before. And I know one of the things that I talk about in the book was bonds are known for their banter. You know, the members, you know, having a laugh and a joke with each other. And, you know, sometimes the, the slagging that can take place is, is, is crazy. But for me, when it went to meetings, it's like everything changed. There was this level of respect. You know, as soon as you went into a meeting, there, you know, the chairman was there, secretary was there. The way people spoke to everybody kind of changed. And I'm looking at these people and going, who have you turned into? You know, you're like people putting their hands up and just yeah. turn on and waiting for people to finish before they start speaking at all. It was, it was, it was <laughs> crazy. So I mean, I, that always stands out for me in terms of, you know, what what I got out of it, you know. So and what, what about in terms of, does your bond do any like community-based stuff? Are you involved in any charity-based things like that? Are you doing anything to give back, or what's the crack there? No, I wouldn't say we're involved in any sort of charity, so so to speak. Not any chosen charity, like. Uh-huh. But when when something comes along, like we had one of our honorary members, Jada, he died a few years ago, and he had a charity that his, his daughter had lost some kit, lost her to. To uh, kids, and we helped her out as well. We gave money for charity there. We helped uh-huh. her out a bit, and just we do help uh, the Lee Rigby Foundation. We do help uh-huh. that as well. We do there. They have a an annual charity football match in a place called Portchester, where uh-huh. a Rangers select team play a Portsmouth select team. So mm-hmm. I suppose we do support we do support that every year. Uh-huh. Every year we can as well. So. Yeah, just as and when, really, when we're not any one particular chosen charity, yeah. like, but but we do help help out when and where we need to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he's also linked in with the, the Legion as well. Have you used to, you used to do stuff with the British Legion, or am I wrong? Though? Yeah, yeah. Well, we tried, we tried to. We, <laughs> we, actually, we actually went, yeah. There's a bit of a, a bit of a stigma in Corby as far as our loyalist band is concerned because where do I start with this one? We have Corby's a very mixed place. It's not not so much different to your Glasgow or your Belfast, but in a smaller scale where you would have people that don't really like us because we have loyalists written on our bass drum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And they think that we're all mad loyalist paramilitaries running around, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Without actually coming to speak to us, do you know what I mean? But sure. I mean, because that's one fundamental of our band at the minute. That's we are all loyalists. We all support the loyalist cause in Northern Ireland, but we're fiercely British. Fiercely uh-huh. British. We, and in England at the minute, that seems to be quite a, a dying a dying thing at the minute because uh-huh. with all the politics that's going on in Britain at the minute. But uh-huh. with the Legion, we do try to help out the Legion as much as we possibly possibly can. Especially this year, we actually, they never had a Remembrance Day parade in Corby. We were booked right. to go on it. Because of COVID, they stopped it for some reason. Right, but okay. We did go out to the village that Ewan lives in, just uh-huh. outside Corby, and they absolutely loved us. They, right, they, they, they can believe that we went out there to do a parade for them. We also, we also gave them a donation as well. We gave the Corbin British Legion a donation as well. So, yeah, we, we do we do have a, a bit of a bond with the British Legion, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been difficult. COVID's been difficult for everybody, hasn't it? You know, it's been, you know, 
on all sorts of things, you know, and thankfully it looks like we're going to be, I know things are crazy with it at the minute, but hopefully this is the, the, the beginning of the end. You know, I know we've heard that before, but it definitely seems like it now, which means that, you know, hopefully things will start going back to the normal again right across the board, which is only a good thing for the bond scene, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to get back out with the bands again. I think at the minute, we're our first booking, I think we're talking about going to Liverpool soon, so right, okay. I don't think that's till March time. All right, okay, you're going up there March. I thought maybe he's made him head in May, you know, for the Imperials anniversary parade. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, I'm not too sure if we can do that one, but we're, we're on about, we're talking about in a minute, maybe going to the high fields. They've got their anniversary. All right, yeah, yeah. We're talking about that in a minute. Nothing but like, but. Yeah, good stuff. No, because I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that our bond are going to be at the, the, the Imperials parade. Oh, May, yeah. We're hoping to come over for that. They were talking about that. Uh, well, they will be talking about that at tonight's meeting, unfortunately, <laughs> due to me having to isolate here. I'm not able to be yeah. there to find out. I'm sure somebody will WhatsApp me the details and stuff later, but looking forward to that. Uh, be nice to, to, to march in Liverpool. The only time that I'm in Liverpool is to go and watch the Reds, you know. So, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's obviously a big, a large sort of bond scene. And in Liverpool, you know, and yeah, uh, we know. are quite friendly with quite a lot of the Liverpool bands. We've we have in our past, we've we've we have gone to Liverpool quite a lot to support, but it's, mm. it's like it becomes being from where we are, it, it's just the cost, Do you know, the cost yeah. of getting anywhere. I mean, we went down to London there in September and it cost nearly 700 pounds just for our bus to get down there, right. just, and then for a small band. You can't expect people to pay that, like to book us and pay that sort of money. Yeah. And then charge our, our own bet or charge our own band members to cover the cost of the bus. So, yeah. I think if we go to Liverpool, we, we've even went by minibus before and that's had, that's had its issues as well. But <laughs> I, I yeah. won't about that on here. <laughs> ended up with a lengthy sell, uh, spell of community service after that. <laughs> that was a bit of an incident up there. But yeah. Don't worry. You were up in Scotland recently, weren't you? Were you playing for we like a wee Rangers supporters club thing there recently? In Scotland, uh, or where was that? I remember. I seen some videos of you. At a, was it a Rangers supporters club? Um, I can't remember. Rangers. These are playing outside. These are playing outside. I think you know, and because uh, I've seen a oh, video. That was that was last week. That was one yeah. of the. One of the Rangers sports clubs in Corby. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's, there's a guy in Corby. He's got a a pub in his back garden. Right. Which there is quite a few. There's actually three or four Rangers pubs in people's back gardens in Corby. Right. You've got, okay. You've got one called the Bears Den, one called Bar sixteen ninety, and another one called the Ah uh, Cokies. Oh, one what do you call his? He calls his the. Uh, I can't remember what he calls it now. <laughs> no, God, C, it's actually called CLFB, Cokie and Lorraine's uh, band hall or something. It's called this. Right. <laughs> actually, but that 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 one we played at was a local. It was the Sons of the North Ranger Supporters Club. They right. they support our band quite a lot. Always, always come to our functions. Always giving us donations. So we said that because the old firm game was meant to be last Sunday, and they asked if we'd go down and play for them and. 
Uh -huh. He said, yeah, well, we have, we can't really say no that the supporters through thick and thin. So we'll, sure. we'll go. And that's what that was just playing in some guy's back garden. <laughs> but I know I thought when I read the video, I was like, oh, this is worse. Maybe they've made a wee trip up. You know, because I know what you ended up saying when we were talking to Stevie that, you know, even a trip up to, 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 to Scotland is, you know, even for the bond, it's ridiculously expensive, you know. Um, yeah. so, I mean, we have lodges. We have lodges at the minute trying to book us for the big walk in Glasgow uh, this year. But because we, one, because we lose a few members and that's such a big parade, you can't go mm -hmm. to that parade under strength because we just get annihilated yeah. and, look, and look back. Do you know what I mean? But you're talking from a bus from Corby to Glasgow would cost us about 1,800 quid for the weekend. And it's just, you don't want to put that charge onto any lodge or mm -hmm. expect anyone to pay that for you. Then you've got hotels and it's, just far too expensive. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, you know. And I think when you are a smaller bond, you know, it becomes a, a bit of a financial strain and stuff, you know. And you've got to just be yeah, careful, be nice to do. But yeah, the Purple Star used to do that. That Glasgow, that Glasgow big walk. I mean, I don't. I think in I'm forty three now, and I think I've only missed about three or four Glasgow big walks right. since. I've, since I've been alive, really. Right, okay. The Purple Star used to do White Inch religiously every year. They um, must have done it for about 15 years on the trot. Right. It, it's some, it, I love the Glasgow Big Walk. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's, I have to say now, obviously I've walked in Scotland a number of times, but it was more in the, the Lanarkshire direction, you know, in terms of Motherwell. And I always had a, a great time over there was was great crack um uh, I, I don't think i've done the big walk i have to say so yeah. maybe uh stevie will have me a, a drum chapel uniform or something <laughs> well you've said that it'll get you straight in <laughs> but actually yeah i mean i've spent that glasgow walk i've spent i was actually a member of the william king memorial as well uh because once right. the purple star stopped going to glasgow i started going up with the lodge uh -huh. and Obviously, Stevie said, why don't you just play with a band? Yeah. Like, yeah, me as well. And I ended up joining the William King. Right. And, uh, and then I stayed, played with them for, uh -huh. it must, must have been about seven or eight years. I played with them. And then obviously, once the Drum Chapel Protestant Boys started, it was mostly all the same lads from the William King. Right, so okay. just, Stevie says, oh, you and you and come in. And I says, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> been there ever since. Great. And they've only been going a number of years, though, haven't they? They haven't been going that long. No, three or four years, I think, they've been uh -huh. going, yeah. Yeah, great, no, great great yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything, if the, Stevie's anything to go by then, I would say that being around with those guys would be some crack like. So, oh, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to seeing them coming over here again. I, 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 they, I don't know. Did I remember that? they they coming over at some point? As far as as far as far I know, in a minute, we, we are doing the uh, 12th, right at, at the minute. I'm not sure about that uh, parade in May. No, the centenary mm. parade. Uh, I'm not. I've not heard anything yet, but it would be good to do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because it always same. I would, with the episode that's coming out on Monday, I think you know. I think the county are coming over for the centenary parade, and because uh, I was talking to one of the guys, Thomas McAllister from the White Rock, um, and I was saying. Wouldn't it be amazing, as I said to Stevie as well, like it'd be amazing to see all four of those bonds 
like maybe one after the other, and maybe the idea of a mass bond with them, I think, would be just be would be crazy, you know. It'd be absolutely, yeah. there'd be some side like, wouldn't it? Good, yeah, yeah. I actually know a few lads in uh, Neverton as well, Graham. Uh, Graham. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they are. They are. I love all four of them. We used to actually go to the White Rocks, uh, do on the 11th, no, the right. 13th. We used uh -huh. to have the Wee Rangers every year on the Shanks. Right, yeah. We used to religiously go to that every year as well. But I love the, the old style band, you know. Yeah. That, that's one of the things, well, apart from Stevie and all the mates and in that, that that's the thing that keeps me going to Drum Chapel because I just like. The, the little walk you get, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you automatically keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it's, it's, it's great, and, and I think it's you know, one of the things that, that's great talking to, talking to you now is about you know, it used to be a kind of thing where you know, guesting about other bombs was a real rarity, you know, it wasn't, it was almost like I remember my day, it was almost like frowned upon, and I remember I did a sneaky guest with a bond once and I was like hiding in the middle of the ranks and kind of going if anybody from my bond sees me here I'm yeah. off to the ghetto now the cat's out of the bag now I think you know but I think you know 30 odd 30 odd years later I can live with it you know I did a, I did a sneaky prayer with a little bond but it's great that we can kind of you know cross pollinate and you know kind of guess with other bonds and so on and not feel as you know like oh you can't, it's only it's my bond and only my bond you know yeah. so yeah, I, I actually love it because, do you know, when you're in a small band, the pressure mm -hmm. you've got, the, like organizing things, making sure everyone's got all their stuff, uh -huh. making sure everyone's turning up. When when I go to play with Drum Chapel, it's like all the pressure's gone. Mm. All I do with Drum Chapel is turn up, remember the beats, get my drum, play, and then go. And yeah. then just be where I've got to be at certain times. The, all the pressure of running a band just goes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's and nice. And you're playing different tunes. <laughs> no, definitely. And that's one of the things that I, I was I was talking with one of my friends the other day. I was I was trying to get some stories in for the for the new book. Uh, but one of the things I was saying was I used to be I was for a, a period of time there about four or five years, I was the, the conductor for the Bottom Car Defenders. And uh, I see I just being back to being a standard just playing member with no pressure. No need to try and organize anything. No, like, tuition's got nothing to do with me. New tunes have got nothing to do with me. Yeah. I love it. I'm loving the fact <laughs> that I don't have to do any of that stuff anymore. It's great. Yeah, it's good. I like, it's good. Uh, that's, that's the thing. See, our drummers at the minute, I'm quite, I suppose I've took that strictness from my dad and my granddad with me to the drummers of this band. Because I, 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 I teach the young kids as well. But... Mm -hmm. It's like as soon as they make a mistake, it annoys you. You know, mm. you, you just give them a look, and that looks to say, "Look, get your act together," sort of thing. But when yeah. you're when you're playing with another band, all that responsibility goes, and yeah, it's more enjoyment than anything else. Yeah, happy days. So, what's what's the plans then for Corby Lawless for the the year ahead? Obviously, you know, you're, you're obviously considering some parades and things like that. What what's your hopes and dreams for 2022? We have a massive a massive year this year because it's our 25th anniversary this year. Right. So we're actually uh, we're actually at the minute organising our own band parade in Corby right, okay. on the on the 8th of April. Uh, um, any band that wants to come over to Corby is more than welcome to come. We've already got Drum Chapel. Surprise, surprise! Uh, yeah. Already confirmed coming. <laughs> 
we have ourselves ourselves are out drum chapel the private law from liverpool oh, and purple star at the minute uh -huh. and we're actually holding our do in a hotel in corby because we're doing it a bit different because it's our 25th anniversary we're going a bit up market you know what I mean? yeah, okay. but if any bands anywhere are willing are wanting a trip away for the weekend with with more than uh They'd be more than welcome to come to Kobe and we'll look after them. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Well, what I'll do is, Mark, maybe what I'll do is I'll put maybe a wee note in the, the sort of the program. Yeah, notes on this year, and if people yeah. want to get in touch with you, um, they can either obviously use the use of it. Does Corby lot us on a Facebook page? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, so guys, if you are interested in getting over and supporting um, the bonds in, in England, uh, I know I, I don't want to speak on Mark's behalf, but I know having spoken to you and spoken to you quite extensively over the last year and stuff, that support from bonds in Northern Ireland would be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, yeah, in terms of maybe making a trip over there and showing your support yeah. for people who are upholding the culture um, in an area where maybe it's not it's not that welcome. We know all about that, um, but it would be great for us. We talk a lot about hands across the sea. It would be nice for us to maybe do something with her. So, folks, if you are interested in getting over and praying in an English town, get in touch with Mark and the Corby Loyalists and see if you can't get your bond over uh, and support these guys. So, Mark, maybe just in finishing off, if you were kind of explaining the bond scene to someone, this is the question we always use. You know, if you were trying to explain the bond scene to someone, what was it? What would you tell them? The band scene, I would, I would say nowadays, now the band scene's a, a big, a big family, isn't it now? Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, there you meet people that you would never normally ever meet from Scotland, from Northern Ireland. I mean, we've even, we've even met some Welsh people along the way. <laughs> and yeah, it's, the band scenes nowadays, it's, it's not so, I wouldn't say it's not so competitive, but it's more together, if you know what I mean. I think everyone um, understands now that we're all in the same, we're all of the same people, aren't we? Rather yeah. than being in total competition all the time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know that competitiveness is still there. We are all of of one mind, aren't we? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We're our British, our British way of life, and yeah, that, that's all we are. We're not anything other than that. We're musicians. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We're we're proud of what we stand for, and we're proud of what we do and the way we do it, and yeah. nothing more or less than that, are we? Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's completely it. And I think it's one of the things that rated right the very first episode of the podcast I talked about, first and foremost, were musicians. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's about music for me, you know, and about making a particular style of music. And, uh, you know, and for me, music really shouldn't offend anybody, to be honest with you, you know, regardless. And I'm all up for having conversations with people and facilitating, understanding, which is another reason why the podcast exists, is to say, well, listen, you know, you may not feel comfortable coming up and talking to people initially, but here's conversations around, you know, people who are involved in the bond scene. Hopefully this gives you an insight into to what it is that we do and why we exist and everything, you know. So, Mark, listen, thank you very much for taking the, the time out to, to be with us on Me the Prater. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely love having the, the, the broadest scope of people on, you know, having people from Belfast, right across Northern Ireland, Scotland, and featuring the bonds from England as well, because I think that's another element of keeping that that brotherhood, that camaraderie, that sense of family, is that yeah. we're all part of this 
the scenic elements. I really appreciate you taking the time out to, to share your story. And again, it's such short notice, so thank you, man. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Good to speak to you, Glenn. Well, there you go, folks. Another conversation with another bond member from England. And absolutely great to, to hear uh, about Mark's story and where he's kind of come from, how he got involved with bonds, and how that's still very much a part of his life today. And just to reiterate the point there around the parade that the, the Corby Lordists are having, if you're interested in getting your bond over there and you know finding somewhere different to walk, then why not give that a go and get in touch with the bond and see what you can do to support them. It'd be great to do that. And uh, I know if I can get over and maybe do something for the podcast, that that will be fantastic as well. So, folks, we are really very, very close to the end of, of season five. There may be a couple of surprise episodes that have kind of kept, um, kept quiet until now. Um, that's really just because they've just only come to light in the last couple of days. As they don't, but we are going to be looking for people for season six. So if you are out there, you're listening to me at the parade and you'd like to have your bond featured on the podcast, then please do get in touch with me either via the Me at the Parade Facebook page or email me on me at the parade book at gmail.com and let's get a conversation about getting your bond onto season number six and share some more positive stories from the bond scene. All right, so folks, if you haven't done it already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search for me in the parade, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit the notification bells so that you never miss a video from us and uh, look forward to, to producing more content for you as we go ahead as well. And also hopefully we'll be starting our monthly streams um, by the end of this month. And uh, that will be done in conjunction with pictures on parade as well. So until the next episode, folks, look after yourselves and take it easy. You have been listening to the Made to Parade podcast, sponsored by the British Drum Company, where Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade Drums are hand-built in the UK to look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs>